Hello and welcome to the Limerick Community Voices podcast presented by Limerick Public Participation Network. The PPN is a network of community voluntary, social inclusion and environmental organisations working to improve the lives of people in Limerick City and County. Limerick Public Participation Network enables the community to be represented in decision-making processes such as Limerick City and County Council committees and local public consultation processes. We believe that by working together we can better share ideas and information, amplify our voices and help create a better Limerick for all. To find out more and to get involved with the PPN, please visit limerickppn.ie or email us at ppn at limerick.ie. We would love to hear from you. This podcast brings you the voices of some of the many great people involved in the PPN. In each episode, we learn a little about each guest, how they got started in the work they are doing, and their thoughts on making a difference in the community. Without further ado, let's join our host, Patrick Fitzgerald, for this episode of the Limerick Community Voices podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PPN podcast, Voices of Limerick. Here with us today is a well-known man around Limerick, Jimmy Pryor. Jimmy is the coordinator here for South Hill Family Resource Centre and is also a member of the LCDC through the PPN. Thank you, Jimmy, for being here today. How are you? I'm very well, Patrick. Thank you. And thank you for having me today. No problem. Jimmy, we met through the PPN, if I'm correct, years and years ago. Correct. A long, long time ago now. (laughs) (laughs) It is. So we're here in South Hill Family Resource Centre. Yes. Can you tell us a bit about what you do here and... Okay, the South Hill Family Resource Centre opened here in South Hill in O'Malley Park in 267 Avondale Court in October 2000, and, or sorry, uh, 1999. Uh, so we're just coming up to celebrating our 23rd birthday this year. So we're That's here great. a long time. Uh, we provide, a lo- we're actually mainly a family support project, but we have a large, very big piece of our work is uh, adult education and community education. So we are the only accredited QQI formerly FETEC accredited centre here still in South Hill. Wow. Yes. So, and there is other centres around South Hill too? There's other projects around South Hill. Okay. And I suppose the LCTB would have um, uh, um, services within yeah. the community or outside of the community. Yeah. But actually within the South Hill itself, we're the only QQI accredited centre. That's really great. Yes. And I have loads of questions to ask you about South Hill FRC, so we'll definitely come to them in a while. But let's just say about you. How did you get into this role, I suppose, because you're the coordinator here for the Resource Centre? Okay, I've been involved in community work for a long time now. I think I'm coming up to about 35 years of of working within communities. I suppose my own uh, learning uh, started itself. Um, way back in, in 2000 and in, in 1985, when, um, just a bit of bereavement uh, happened with myself and I was left with a, a child. So I was a lone parent with a child. Yeah. And I just kind of felt that, uh, working communities, we needed some place to go. We were very lucky because we had this, the Myros Family Resource Centre that, uh, was based in Lenagrass in, in Myros. And I was able to, um, attend there and, and become involved because I suppose more importantly for me was that I needed to be the, the, the parent, in in sip to yeah. at home so i actually gave up my job to look after my 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 little girl until she was 5 wow yeah that must have been tough it was very hard at the time it was a different time uh, times were different then for men because there was no such thing for example as um, widower's payments into, in 1985 they didn't yeah. come in until 1989 yeah. um, and um, so I suppose it was um, it was a difficult enough time because I suppose giving up a job and then going on to social welfare at that time was, 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 was a big difference 
Wow. And how did that then progress? I, I suppose it progressed me very much into community and very much into, I suppose, people being aware of, of their rights and their and, and information, I suppose, more than anything else. And I suppose for me, because there was no payments for men, it was something I became really, really, uh, I suppose, politi politically active in through the Centre for the Unemployed yeah. in Thomas Street. Um, and during that time, we had a very famous lady working on our behalf, and it was um, uh, the president, uh, who later became the president, Mary Robinson. I didn't know yes. that. Yes, she took she took on um, the, the the first case of its kind, uh, who happened to be a South Hill man, wow. uh, who was a widower with ten children, and uh, he his case went to Europe, and it became the first he became the first payment of widower's payment in Limerick. That's amazing, isn't yeah. it? And so you are a Limerick man, I'm guessing. Born and bred. Born and bred. <laughs> and f from knowing you, you're a really driven and motivated person. I, I am. And I suppose I, I believe that people have rights and, uh, and education is a great way of, of, I suppose, allowing you an opportunity to make um, informed choices. And I think that's the piece of times, just no matter where we're living across the city, yeah. there are times we have to make decisions and we're often wondering, are we making the right decisions? But also then we're dependent on those people, for example, who we, re who we elect uh, locally to, um, I suppose, to act on our behalf in the best of our, in our best interests. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So where did you start your career then? I started my career in Myros. Okay. Believe it or not, I actually worked in Myros in the in the community centre. Uh, I actually originally started on a community employment scheme. That's way back. Uh, they weren't called community employment schemes then. They were called the week on week off <laughs> uh, schemes. And I suppose I worked down the, in the family resource centre in in Myros, and that gave me a kind of a, a, a grounding for. Um, I suppose the community work that I wanted to get involved in. Yeah. And then, of course, because of my own background and because I suppose the supports weren't there, particularly for men yeah. at the time, I, I kind of took that kind of as a piece then as my starting and my starting of my pathways to, to community work. Yeah. And where did you progress then? I progressed then. I actually was lucky enough to be um, uh, offered space on um, a course run by the Pod Partnership with UL in 1990 oh. uh, uh, outside and it was a research course and um, we got an opportunity to do some local and community research and then later in that decade around 1998 I was offered the opportunity to do a community development money advice and budgeting diploma yeah. with UL uh, and I was lucky enough to be able to do that at the time so That's that great. was the start of my so that how long actually a really random question how long has Paul Partnership been around the Paul Partnership that I can remember was around from 1989 wow yes. so that I yeah. can kind of remember 1989 1990 yeah it, it started I can remember I was in my Ross at the time so yeah. it, it, and my Ross at that time was probably the, the, uh, in 1991 was the European black spot of really? unemployment yeah oh, I didn't know that it had the highest rate of unemployment across Europe Wow. Yeah, in 1991. So we're at 1998. Yeah. You've gone through the, the research well, and getting 2000. there. And where do we get to now? I, I was lucky enough um, to get uh, in 2003, 2004, I was lucky enough to get a supervisor's job with Bernardo's in Myros. That's lovely. And I suppose, again, at that, I was in, the, I was in now um, a supervisor of a community employment scheme mm -hmm. uh, where I was encouraging and motivating participants who, in some cases, have been unemployed for 25, 30 years. Um, and encouraging and motivating them towards education and towards um, training courses and upskilling. 
That must have been nice uh, work, though. It was very much work, and obviously because we were working, uh, I suppose the job that we were doing was providing spaces uh, for families. Mm-hmm. It, it really, I suppose, was something that I had a really good interest in. Yeah, and what do Bernardos? Bernardos actually are a family who support uh, children, uh, particularly children, but maybe fam- mainly families uh, who are struggling with day-to-day lives or other issues that may be affecting the whole fam- the, the family dynamics. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And where next then? And then where next was then, I actually was lucky enough to get a job in, um, uh, I would say I was headhunted, actually. That's for always a position good to be, yeah. in, uh, For a position with the Community Welfare Service, who at the time didn't have the greatest reputation across and who were the community welfare? They were able to be people who give supplementary welfare allowance okay. uh, during people who maybe have signed on and waiting for a payment ah, okay, or for yeah, an yeah. exceptional needs payment. Yeah. So I was very lucky. I, mm. I, I, was, I was offered a, an opportunity to do the training. Yeah. Uh, I was really interested because for a long period of time, I was giving information to families going to make a claim yeah. for supplementary welfare. And now I got an opportunity to understand how the decisions were made on the other side. So that must be nice. Yes, it was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, it was also very informative because I suppose I, I learned all about the social welfare system yeah. uh, and uh, how it works and how it didn't work. And uh, I suppose all about the different types. At the time, people always talked about we put you into a box. And actually, that's actually correct. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in social welfare, you were, you were targeted by the first two numbers of your claim. So whether it would be a 1-0 for a lone parent, whether it would be 1-9 for a separated person. Wow. So when you had your book, you always had two digits in the front and dictated what pain yeah. you were receiving and so your work there must have been really important because you, you mentioned informative I suppose just yes. learning about it from the other yes. side from the other side yeah I suppose in the sense of that it did give me an opportunity then um, you know uh, during that time uh, I, I I was actually just covering somebody um, for a summer break uh, so I was actually based out in uh, believe it or not in St Mary's Hospital out in in Tipperary Wow. Okay. Yes, not Nina. What's the other one? Not Nina. Torles? Yeah. I was based in Torles, so I had to drive. And at that stage, I was only after learning to drive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I was just going to ask you if you had worked outside. Very the interesting. <laughs> Finished the course on a Friday to be told you were starting in Torles on a Monday. Wow. Very interesting. I thought I could get the train every day, but that's just not, <laughs> it didn't work out that way. But it was, it was really great. That's it was good. a great, great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And where did And I suppose from then on, then I actually got a, I got a job as uh, supporting a project here in Nimerick as uh, for the Alzheimer's Society. It was at uh, the homemakers home help uh, for, for families that's really nice for, for, for Alzheimer's and then I was lucky enough then to be asked would I work with um, I was the very first community welfare officer for the asylum seekers refugees that came to Limerick in 2000 wow yeah so I suppose that re- again gave me a really really broad piece of work at another angle yes yeah yes we were just preparing to get for the people for the for the first influx of um refugees and asylum seekers to come to limerick yeah so they were going to be based in barrington's hospital and in clyde house in um alfonso street yeah yeah it was a very interesting time very very interesting time because some people were coming with no language other people were coming with I extremely that, yeah. la- good language but uh, and very well informed. Yeah. Others were coming not informed at all. So it was an interesting time. So my job was to, to provide and support them with their weekly um, supplementary welfare allowance at the time. That's really nice. Yeah. That's really nice. So that was so I stayed there and then I, I, I went to work in um, Banta 
in Raheen. I was there for five years. I hadn't worked in a factory for a long, long time. Yeah. But it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. Fantastic experience. Great, great way of, I suppose, the other jobs that I had were very much um, stress, a lot of stress, a lot of, of, of working. And looking after people yes. and kind of giving yes. to people. Yeah. Whereas this job, but I suppose I, within that, I should also say I remarried. I had uh, other children. I had two other children. Uh, so again, I had um, I, I had other commitments that I still had to work and still had to make sure I got paid. Uh, so when I went to Banta, that was one of the reasons I went to Banta. Yeah. And uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. So I, I started in Banta and six weeks later, I became the team lead. And uh, I stayed there for almost five years. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I got an opportunity to come back here to South Hill and work. I suppose all the time I never lost the fact that I was actually supporting families even and supporting fellow colleagues within work. Yeah. We helped set up the Sports and Social Club and we also helped, I helped to form uh, the Savings Club within the, the company Definitely. because the reason being I was very conscious that we had young people and young children who were now earning good money uh, but who were saving nothing that makes sense yeah <laughs> yes yeah. so for me it was an opportunity that they saved it was deducted at source so it was great and uh, you could only take it out then twice in the year once for the summer and once yeah. in the outwind. so at least then you were guaranteed to be saving something that's really nice uh, so it was an interesting time. yeah yeah I never lost the old sports. <laughs> the supporting families and supporting people. That's very true. And then yeah. we come to South Hill. And then I came to South Hill. I was lucky enough to start here in South Hill in 2005. Mm -hmm. And here we are. And was it with this research centre that you started in 2005? I'm back here, back, back here to, to South Hill. Um, I, I started here in, in uh, June 2005. Wow. Yeah. And I never knew that. I've known you for so long, Jimmy, yeah, yeah. and I never knew, I suppose, that, that history. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose the question that I would have then is all your roles... Yes. were helping people, yes. were wanting to give to people. Yes. What made you interested in I, that? I, I think I was, I was one of the very lucky, and I have, by the way, I should say siblings. I have four brothers, four sisters. So it was yeah. a large family of us. But we were extremely lucky to have fantastic parents who encouraged and motivated us all the time Definitely. to continue with your education. And again, yeah. as I always said, my, I remember one my father's famous sayings was, uh, education is power. Yeah, and I suppose I I loved that, and that's that's the way we were brought up. We were brought up about supporting each other, making sure we were all okay, remembering the family always came first. That's nice. Always the way it was. Um, and my father was unemployed, so he was at home, so he was kind of the mainstay of the house. Yeah. So we had a very good relationship with him, and I suppose when I was coming back up to South Hill and working particularly um in an area that I had lived. In the past, oh, I you actually lived in South okay, Hill. Okay. Uh, we came to we moved from Our Lady of Lourdes uh, from Weston up to South Hill in 197, Christmas 1979, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, 1979. 1979. That yeah. must have been a big. Yeah, it was a huge change. Yeah, uh, and it was interesting because on the first day. Um, we, we came up, um, myself and my brother Johnny, we couldn't find the house because I don't know if anyone's been to South Hill, the numbers are all over the place. Okay. Right. Uh, 414 is opposite 316. <laughs> uh, it's an amazing yeah. uh, place. But uh, we, we lived in 414 O'Malley Park. It's no longer there now. It's not. Okay. Uh, but we did. We moved up there. And we we um, family stayed here for about um, about six, seven years. Wow. And then we went to Maras. Yeah. Yeah. And is it, special for you then I suppose getting to work in these communities that 
you grew up in really I, you kind of yeah and i think the opportunity i yeah. think I, I i've been so lucky to be given an opportunity to work in, in in communities that i feel that one that that i suppose that i can relate to because yeah. i've lived there but also the fact is that i felt at times have been forgotten and that's I suppose fair, that's, that's fair, one yeah. of the pieces, I suppose, of my work with the PPN was one of the reasons that I wanted to join. I originally joined the youth, the, the Community and Voluntary Forum, uh, the predecessor to... Was that the old yes, PPN? the old PPN, yeah. way back. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was on that for a while. And I remember I was lucky enough to be, um, I'm not sure if you know that, but for 10 years I sat on the housing SPC before I went on to the LCDC. Oh, wow. So it wasn't as if I didn't have experience of working yeah. with, with the system yeah. of the council and also with a number of, large number of the elected members of, 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 uh, of the the council yeah yeah that's really cool yeah so i had i was looking up before i went to the lcdc i had kind of had a good relationship and i knew a lot of them yeah particularly from the housing spc which was which is a very very interesting spc i can imagine so. in. yes wow. and i suppose for me it, the importance of the spcs is that the community voice at all times should be the one that's heard mm. we are the ones that are living there and i suppose one of the things i suppose i'd like to kind of talk about today is making sure that the elected representatives understand that we're complementing their position mm -hmm. and not taking over their positions That's very good that point. they they're elected they're, yeah. they're they're voted on and they're they're like we're there we're also elected through our own ppn uh, as as representatives but we're there to complement each other we may have information that may be helpful and supportive to them because we're yeah. here and I'm like for example i'm here working on the ground yeah uh, as i call grassroots um, others are, are, don't do that, but I, I know they represent here. So for me, it's about an opportunity for us sharing of information yeah. and helping and supporting, making sure that the community is benefiting. And getting all of them voices yes. heard, I suppose, because isn't that important? Barry? Very important. I think the important piece is that at all times, when it comes, I think, I think the word consultation and consulting yeah. um, at times... Uh, can 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 be totally different to a lot of different agencies and organisations. I think if we're really and truly going to be consulted, yeah. uh, then what we say should be taken on board. That's very true. Yes. Yeah, especially if we're getting the voices of the community. Yes. Then we should listen to the voices. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the other thing I meant to ask you was, one of the things I know about you is you're not afraid to stand up <laughs> and you're not afraid to say what you think needs to be said? I, I think that comes with experience. It okay. comes with, and, and I suppose I've also been the one that I will always hold my hand up and say, look, I'm sorry, I got something wrong. Yeah. But I do believe, I think that when you're representing a particular communities, like you have a big responsibility. So we, we need to be sure that what the communities are saying is being heard. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that I've been lucky enough to be able to say, yes, I'm, I'm not shy in any shape or form. <laughs> And I suppose the last question about you, and then I suppose we yes. can move into so like, how do you look after yourself? I, I am lucky enough to be very honest. I, you know, as I said, I have a good network of, of, of family at home. Yeah. I think I have four beautiful grandchildren now. That's lovely. Uh, aging from 19 down to seven. So uh, when my 19-year-old granddaughter has just started very much in the same field as I did, which is she's doing social care That's in, 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 in Tuss now. Yeah. And um, it's very interesting. Uh, her mum did the same thing. So it's, it's amazing to think that the apple doesn't fall very far from yeah, the tree. that's really nice. Uh, and she's very much involved in, she likes the idea of community work, yeah. and family work, not social work. And I think that was the piece for me was originally I wanted to be a social worker, but then 
the, the boundaries around social work change to children at risk and children at care. Okay. I wanted to work with families. Yeah. That was the piece I wanted uh, to work that's with. Nice. And that's why I suppose I, I'm delighted to be here uh, in the Family Resource Centre. And do you think that you've given, because you mentioned before, like how your parents really put the family first. Yeah. And do you feel that you've done that too, I suppose, and really embodied that? I, I, I would hope so. I would Good. hope that to my own. I, I think the most important thing, even for our own children in Apple and is to say to them, okay, you know, you need to find your own way in life. Yeah. You need, but, but just remembering that we're there to support you. Yeah. And, and that, you know, at all times, you make mistakes. The idea about making mistakes is you learn from them. That's true. And that's the piece. And that's the education piece. Yeah, that me. is the education. And that's, that's the piece I always work with. And you're working with families here now? Yes. And can you, I suppose, go into a bit more depth, I suppose, around the work yes. that you do here, yes. like, and how it impacts I, even the community? I suppose, very clearly, I suppose, when I say I work with the families, I actually, um, I oversee the work now because I'm the coordinator. Yeah. I, I, but I'm very, very rarely too far away from the grassroots. Yeah. I'm, uh, we have two fantastic family support workers who work um, and support families in okay. various guises. It could be very simply doing advocacy work, but it also could be supporting that family um, in um, in supporting their families because yeah. in, in some cases we're, we learn our parenting from our own parents that's true so each time so we're hoping we're doing the best but we want the best every parent wants the best for their own children yeah. and some people are lucky enough not to, are, are lucky enough to have the, 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 the ways and means others don't and so I suppose our role here then is to, to try and support and um, motivate families um, and encourage them maybe to, to sometimes think outside the box and yeah. that not all organisations you know are you know you might have had a bad, bad experience either with school or with, with social work or something true, yeah. but but sometimes these agencies are there to help as well yeah. and sometimes it's just about how you approach them so I know that my the family support workers I have both and I, I'd like to mention both Michelle and Jane uh, I, I think they really really are good we also then have a very good administrator and then we now have a new admin assistant uh, we're going to be losing um, our administrator now in a couple of weeks time and uh, who has been here since nearly as long as I've been here so I suppose it's the first part of the of, of, of the breaking of the jigsaw of yes. the original jigsaw oh, wow, okay. um, so it's the it, it's an interesting time for us yeah uh, but we're because the project's been here 22 years I mean I, I there was two predecessors I had two predecessors or three predecessors for the first couple of years so I, I'm coming up on just over 17 years now so you're here now over 17 years I'm over 17 amazing, years here yeah I'm here 17 years here since June yeah so I've gone into my 18th year now. Uh, nearly time to be thinking about, you know, other things. But uh, yeah, so I suppose the other thing is that I suppose we are, because I suppose of the educational piece, we're so, so lucky to have such a fantastic relationship with both the LCTB and what I normally call, and a lot of older people still call the VC. The VC, yeah. Right, but it's now the LCTB yeah. and, of course, the Limerick Community Education Network. I think realistically... Um, that relationship has cemented, um, I suppose, our our our, um, our reputation within the community. Yeah. Because we are seen as the as the groups that provide the education mm-hmm. courses and classes, but we're also the family support piece, which is very important. And we also provide, I suppose, is either a very low fee or no fee counselling service that's so, open to. So everybody. that's really interesting, right there. So we have the family support we you've yes. just talked about. Yes. Community education. Yes. So you said that you run classes here. 
Absolutely. We run a various number of classes. And we're in the middle of O'Malley Park here. And we're right in the centre of O'Malley Park. Yeah. And I suppose for us, it was very important that when we were running classes. Now, I suppose when you talk about our service here and you talk about, I mean, you're here sitting in here at the moment, Patrick. That's true. We're two two-bedroom houses combined into one. So one of the, the, I suppose, one of my roles over the last number of years has been networking with other agencies to access space. That's great. To provide. Oh, for the classes. And yes, for yes. classes and courses. So like, for example, some of our rooms, we can only fit six, eight people. But sense. then, for example, during COVID, we were very, we were delighted that the South Hill Men's Shed um, gave us permission to um, to use one of their port cabins, which is a 50 foot long port that's, cabin. And that's just over the just way over here. Just the yeah. yard. And it, it allowed us then to continue with our classes in a safe space particularly with COVID because you had the two metres apart piece yes. and it's also Wi-Fi'd and it's, we were able to use it for That's online great. and remote learning. And what type of classes did you do we, here? We run very, we are, I suppose, we originally, I suppose, started off as was the IT centre so we run various computer classes from so if people wanted yes. to learn about computers that's correct basic that's from right basic from our from computers for the terrified as it's called the computer for the, that's the a really good name isn't yeah. it <laughs> or to for example levels two three four and five in both um so for example you might learn you want to use the internet yeah so we we, we run classes on that we might learn for example you want to le- make posters so we do desktop publishing at levels three and four uh you might want to do um um i suppose spreadsheets yeah those kind of things that might be helpful to you. But a majority of the people like to learn, for example, they like to be buying things online. But sometimes it's just scared pressing the button that they might lose something. So this whole idea is about just coming, practicing. We we provide the space, we provide the computers, we provide the workers for the classes, and the tutors then are provided for us through tuition hours from the LCTB. We also then, for example, do a lot of arts and crafts, uh, yoga, health and fitness. We also run um, youth and community. So we're training people to work in the youth and community field. That's lovely. Yeah, and, and they're doing it at um, a pace, which was very, I suppose one of the things I've learned over the years is, you know, because of my own circumstances, if I wanted to continue my learning, I had to remember I had a family at home. Yeah. I had to work all day. Uh, no, so I did it. I, I, any learning I've done, I've kind of done. I've broken it down, and I've done modules here and there, and then completed a major award. That's really after good. doing the module. So it might have taken me four years to complete a course that others might complete in two years. Yeah, but I get there. Yeah, and I suppose that's allowing that people in communities an opportunity to do the same thing. And then, of course, as you're aware, like it could be the fact is that because we're based in South Hill, it could be that the class is three euros per class. Yeah. So is that what people would pay three yes. euros and that's it? Three euros per class every week and that includes their class and it includes their teaching and it also includes their um, their cup of tea. And I was biscuit. just about to ask that, they get a bit of a tea and oh, coffee they and have a biscuit? Have, they have to get that no today. class without a cup of tea and a biscuit. <laughs> you have to have a, a cup of tea and a biscuit. And do they get awards then at the end? They get awards. Because we're a QQI accredited centre then, yep. we are actually... Um, so you're both, QQI accredited? We so are QQI oh, accredited wow. and we are QQI accredited all FETAC accredited yes. since 2008. That's really good. So we've been going a long time, but also I suppose the important piece is that we are also, uh, through um, a service level agreement we made with the LCETB, we're also one of their outreach centres as well. Nice. So if they want to run a specific class, they feel in my working communities, we can run it here. So if they because, thought that South Hill yes, would do with X yes, course, they could come to you yes, and say... Or, I, or if I thought that a course oh, I, I'd yes. like to do, I can go to them. And because they would have the accredited courses available to us, yeah. we, we can access those then. That's really... And yeah. when I was setting up here, there was real hustle and bustle going oh. on. Is that all the time? Like it's just, constantly... Just to tell you today, uh, <laughs> you see there we're in a very showery day today, Patrick. It is so raining. we have a, a gardening class, horticultural class that started... Um, 
uh, two weeks ago. Where's that on? Uh, that's over in the allotments here in South Hill. So there are allotments so the Family Resource Centre took over the allotments in South Hill there. They've been here for a number of years. That's cool. We were left derelict, so we were able to take them back over last year. So we're overseeing uh, the allotments. So at the moment, there are about 13 people. So because it was that's raining, and then they, come, they come back here then for a cup of tea ah, after the class. Okay. So that's the hustle and bustle. <laughs> but actually, in general, every day there's something else going on here. There's some group here. Yeah. We run peer support groups for men, women, uh, older people, yeah. persons, and for people with disabilities. That's so really I think uh, we a broad range of, of, of work. We work with the families, so we work with the children within the families, but we don't provide specific services to younger children because okay. we have okay. the South Hill After Schools, we have Bernardo's, yeah. we have uh, Sophia Housing, you have uh, other services that are based, uh, liberty services that are based in the community yeah. that work with younger children. So we kind of work with the teenagers in, the, in strengthening families. Yeah. We work uh, with the children of school age, with the school in incredible years. So at all times, I suppose my own belief and something my management committee are very strong on is the fact of this whole collaborating and networking together so that we're not duplicating, we're not wasting resources. And resources aren't easy to come by now. Um, you know, we've been very lucky here. Again, we have that experience and we have um, a track record. So a lot of agencies. So we were very lucky, for example, two years ago when the funds, that REACH fund, uh, where we were allowed to get some computers and stuff for yes. communities and, and maybe upskill our own centre there to, to, to watch it. So I'm now uh, going on clouds. I didn't realise <laughs> that the only time I saw clouds was when I was going on the plane. So yeah. you mentioned there a really good piece right there around bringing in organisations yeah. together. Is that important? Very important. I think, to be very honest, yeah, if, we're, if we're to be true to what we believe, the South Hill Family Resource Centre was specifically named as a resource centre. And to me, if we're to be truly resourced to the community, we need to be able to offer them that, for example, uh, tomorrow we have the, the um, Citizens Advice Centre comes here once a month to provide information. That's we really have, nice. We have the Garda drop-in service here, the Garda Come Here um, Advice Clinic. They come here once a month and it could literally be, be to help you to fill your a passport form yes. or it could be for other um, questions you might have for the local Gardaí yeah. rather than going into the Garda station down on the Roxburgh Road that where a lot of families for example don't like to be seen going in there because they may be seen as people who are either reporting something or not and it may just be genuinely going in that to get sense. forms filled yeah. so perception sometimes yeah. but it, and this here centre then it gives them a safe space because when you're coming in here Patrick you, as you saw we have um the counsellors, we have the, as we said, we have creative art yeah. therapists for children. We have the counselling for adults. We also have a brand new um, problem gambling. Problem. I was reading gambling that in a leaflet somewhere in Limerick, for yes, South Hill, based here in South Hill, once a week or by appointment. Um, That's lovely, here, which helps in support, and particularly for families who who got into that piece during the whole of COVID. And I suppose we've seen demands for those services and counselling, particularly, uh, rise um, since post COVID. And I, I really hope that people are getting to see even how much a family resource centre does. Yes. Like it's amazing getting to hear you, I suppose, talking about all the different things you're yeah. doing from supporting the family, counselling yeah. classes. I, I suppose realistically last year, I just said to you, it was even within the midst of uh, COVID, we were the only, we were one of the centres that remained open all through COVID. Wow, okay. We didn't close our doors because people still needed places that they could come. For example, I am now a professional when it comes to the pop application <laughs> for the Department of Social Protection. I must have filled at least 150 of them. Yeah. Yeah. Of the thing I uh, hadn't seen one before then but actually it was great but also the fact of simple things like photocopying yeah. somebody 
actually I'm not sure if you're aware Patrick you're, you're kind of working in the area as well there is no public shop here but there also is no public sense. phone here oh is there not? no there's no actual telephone kiosk or telephone box here so for example your phone and most people have mobile phones are house phones but mostly mobile phones if yeah. phone, you run out of credit and you can't make a call where do you make a call? that's a very good point yeah so we're hoping that the South Hill Hub would be open at the time they weren't they weren't open to the public but we were yeah. so we would allow people in to make calls should they make need to make the ESB council all of those places um, and, and pieces I think so we're there so that kind of resource was what was but required something you would never think about no. is it like I would have never thought no. about that no. how important having a phone and I suppose be. what I'm going to call out to today Pat because one of the ideas that I suppose for me around the PPN I have a big issue I suppose within the PPN of saying to our elected representatives look here we have a facility that's available mm-hmm. come and meet your clients here if you wish because to. a lot of them do we have drop outs or things well, like that where they there's, there's no currently there is no TD or very rarely having clinics within South Hill okay. so I would just like to call out to them and of course this is me raising my voice again <laughs> not being controversial them, at all please um, and it, partly we're, we're, we're non-political yeah. so what we're saying is to any party that would like to use a room here and come and meet clients here once a month or anything absolutely more than welcome to do That's so like, yeah. I, I think you know it gives an opportunity for people to come mm-hmm. and meet people at, at a level in the space where they're at yep. and uh, should it become too busy we also have other resources and places that we can see it but I do think it's an opportunity that's really yeah. good. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, go, moving into the PPN. Yes. So, you sit on what's called the LCDC. Yes. Now, I, I'm not too familiar on the LCDC, so can you tell me, like I'm a five-year-old, can you tell me what does the LCDC I tell you, the LCDC <laughs> is the overarching steering group for the Limerick City County Council. Okay. In the sense of all the funding that comes in through various projects okay. come through the LCDC. So and all funding from yes, from Europe, Department Dublin. Europe, also from from the national from the Department of the Environment. Yeah. it's all overseen uh, by the LCDC. By this committee called yes. the LCDC. Yes. So, for example, at the moment, one of the biggest things pieces of work that we were doing would be the leader program, which is for the yeah, rural yeah. Yes. areas. Um, so, for example, um, so that money and how it's spent and how it's it's overseen, yes. it's overseen by us. Now, remembering at all times, I suppose that we uh, that committee is currently made up of a number of PPN representatives. I think five, four PPN. Four. So the PPN gives the moment, four representatives. Four representatives on this committee, and they're both from the city and the county now, That's nice. which is great. Yeah. And also, then we'd have representatives from the from the elected yeah. representatives, and we'd also then have um, officials from the city. Okay. County Council, I suppose, for their advice and everything. So we we would have. So, for example, recently there's been a number of um, of funds funding applications that were yeah. were available to communities for to um, upskill or for also to um, uh, up what's the word to refurbish their 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 centres, yeah. particular community halls, those kinds of are hubs. So that would be overseen by that group. And for you know, so, so the funding when somebody would make an application, yes. for instance, for the funding, funding. to refurbish their centres, through well, through a specific fund that yeah. would be available, yeah. it would all the funds would go into one department within the council. Yeah. Then the, the, then they would be overseen. Then the decisions on how and the applications and how much each group would get would be overseen by a subgroup of firstly of the LCDC, yeah. which is made up of one community representative. 
from the PPN. So PPN. Okay. From the LCDC. Yes. There has to be a community representative on it. That's good. So that gives us, a, 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 well, for me, it's important because it means that the community voice has been heard all the times because I think over the years and haven't particularly been on the housing SPC where, where, where grants were often for, for, for community organisations yeah. coming up, sometimes people don't realise that to give somebody um, a thousand euros and maybe give a larger organisation maybe 500 euros less can make an awful difference to the smaller organisation. Because they're working on such a smaller yes, budget. And that, and that that thousand euros could be a massive yeah. piece for that. So that piece, and, and actually I hope because, uh, you know, we are, uh, the, the, all of the representatives there at the moment on the PPN from the, and the LCDC are very active within the, within the communities. And Jimmy, if I'm correct in saying, so I sit on secretary for the PPN. Yes. I wouldn't have a lot of knowledge on that LCDC, mm -hmm. but it seems like the most popular, when people are going for elections within the PPN, everyone seems to want to go yeah. on the LCDC. Is that correct? I, I, well, I, well, to be honest and say, to, to, to be very honest with you, I, I, I did think about it myself for a while. I was thinking to myself, but the fact that I had spent two terms on the housing SPC, but I yeah. also was kind of, again, I'm one of these curious people. It's how <laughs> the decisions are made on the uh, other that side. Makes that makes sense. I, as you know, from my previous experience, yes. I, I just wanted to, I suppose, like to know how that was. So actually the LCDC experience has been a great experience for me because it also gives us an opportunity, and it's very important to say, it gives us an opportunity to get and build relationships with councillors, yeah. but also with housing and uh, with, also with council officials. Because they're, yes, yes. Because they're all sitting on that yes. committee. Yes. That makes sense. So, and it gives us opportunities to hear about things that are going on. And I suppose then, if you're like myself, that is involved in a number of, of different things across the city, as you yeah. said, I'm kind of well known now. You are well known, Jimmy. I, I, I'm always the one that would always say, well, actually, just to be aware now that, you know, today it was announced today that at the place that we're going to be having an application for. So I want you to be thinking about that within the next week, the applications are going to come out. So please make sure you do. As you know, I attended recently the PPN, uh, held a meeting there just for, for, for representatives. Yes. So for me, like, it was important that people know what the LCDC was about but also you know that when they want to who am I who is Jimmy Pryor and um, like as you're aware I think there's a large number of, of organizations in the PPN at the moment maybe not everyone knows me and I suppose the opportunity yeah. for sometimes that that, that plenary session where we can come together and have a mm. chat and so that people get to see each other face to face. And I think that's what I really like about this podcast idea too is mm. kind of just getting the voices like yes. getting to know you Jimmy yeah. things that I've never known about yes. you even and about your organisation yeah. what you're doing yeah. and then even how you sit on the LCDC yes. and the importance I suppose I, I alluded to that earlier yeah. too the importance of coming together. Yeah and I think the other important thing that I'd like I suppose to mention I think it's very important for both um, for, for myself and for my own organisation is that my own organisation give me the time to go to the LCDC because it's always during working time it's okay. in the afternoons okay. and it's currently held in the um, in the chambers either in city centre or in in Doyle yeah. and I suppose also for the LCN for example because just to say that okay that the I, I believe the organisation is benefiting but so but it's very good of them then to be able to say well actually no we're allocating you some of this time Jimmy, to yeah. go to these things because I think it's so important. That's true. And I think the PPN is growing. From yes. from an organisational point of view, there's more and more organisations wanting yes. to engage yeah. and really give a voice yeah. to what's happening in the city and the county. Yeah, and I'd like to think that during now that 
things are starting to move on that even when the grant application is one of the questions on it are you a member of your local PPN and I think that's a good a good thing because I think what should be happening is that each small group actually it's a benefit to them to be mm. in the PPN because they can hear the information yeah. and gain the get the information but also get support and I think that's the piece Patrick yeah. sometimes I think with PPN for, for us agencies and for myself who have been around a long time I, I may not need as much support but I'm very well aware that there's organisations that are volunteer led within the community. I mean, I'm paid employee. That's very true, yes. Okay, so to me to be doing things during the day is my job. Yeah. I've been paid to do it, but there's, I know there's organisations working around this town and I know that I'm a volunteer in another organisation yeah. that I give of my time, uh, but, you know, that may need help and may not have the expertise, for example, in filling in applications. That's very true. And I think that was really good that the council last year actually offered to everybody that, you know, if they needed help or support as well, that that can happen yeah. as well. But I think sometimes the fact of having the PPN and having the secretariat and having the resource workers and those people that are there, that I can pick up the phone. Because I, I think for me, I suppose, and my role, it would be the newsletters and just yes. getting that information out and seeing what funding's coming up. Yes. Because in that event, funding, yes. I suppose, for all the organisation, community, everybody, I yes. suppose, isn't it? Yes. I mean, to be very honest, we can't provide projects so much without funding. <laughs> That's know. very true. So, Jimmy, yeah. we're going to finish up soon, but I just wanted to ask you, like, what are your hopes for the future? Is there anything that you would like to see changed? Well, I well we were, were, our own project here was very bit disappointed there in the last year because, I mean, after, I suppose, uh, we're currently in the, in the midst of and have been since 2008 and nine in the midst of a regeneration process. And we were hopefully looking to get a premises because we're operating out of two two bedroom houses. Yeah. We have been looking for that later period of time and I suppose we had been promised uh something. We we had been holding holding out for maybe the school, the South Hill Junior School, which we now 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 know has gone off the table. Yeah. So we're still left here. Yes, we will still continue. We will still provide the services we want to do. But if I'm really being realistic, one of the things that I think that South Hill is missing, and I know we have the ETB that's on the outside of the town, I know it's been said to me a couple of times, I'd love to see a space where we can provide training within the community a space that's dedicated to education and training within our community. Why that's should lovely, we always yeah. have to be moving out of the community? And I suppose for me, that's, that's my one goal. Hopefully over my next <laughs> couple of years now when I'm getting the next funding. Well, if there's anyone that can do it, you're the man anyway, <laughs> well, Jimmy, aren't you? Well, I've been, I've been trying for the last number of years anyway. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to take part in this. Um, I suppose it's so nice getting to know the voices, getting to know the organisations, yeah. like I mentioned, and just seeing the amazing work that's getting done around yeah. the community. Um, so again, this podcast was brought to you by the Limerick PPN. You can find out more information and how to join at www.limerickppn.ie. Thank you all again for listening. Thank you, Jimmy. And stay tuned for more Voices of Limerick. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you for listening to the Limerick Community Voices podcast by Limerick Public Participation Network. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. To find out more about the Limerick PPN and to get involved, visit limerickppn.ie or email us at ppn at limerick.ie. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.